Jesus. Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Praise the Lord. While you're clapping your hands, why don't you lift up your voice? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a great big shout. Hallelujah. Set me free. Amen. Amen. Well, turn and welcome someone to the house of the Lord. You can be seated for a few moments. What a thrill it is to be in Baton Rouge camp meeting in the 80s when I was uh, sleeping on the about the 15th pew during day services at Baton Rouge camp. I, I never even dreamed that I'd be preaching one of the services here, but it is indeed a great honor to be here in Baton Rouge. So many great ministers. Brother Merritt, I listened to you last night, and I am so thankful for my heritage. Amen. So thankful for that. Hallelujah. Looking forward to the rest of the great preachers that are coming uh, the rest of this week. And it's a special honor to be here with my grand pastor, Brother Lyle was pastor before my dad, and, and uh, then I came along, so we call him our grand pastor, and right. he's going to uh, bless us tonight, love him, love his family, love their church, and I feel very at home here tonight yes, with, uh, with one of the finest men I, I love very much. Brother Tony Spell, he is one of the most talented men that I know. Uh, he is. He is a, he's an amazing singer. He's a brilliant speaker. He's a very competent businessman. And, uh, you know, I have a book that's called Talent is Overrated. A lot of people say, boy, I wish I had his talent. But every, every maestro has spent voluminous hours honing his craft. And I remember on Weber Circle when all of the boys uh, my age, we were jumping in the swimming pool and playing basketball. And Brother Tony Spell and Tim and Johnny had to go inside and gather around the piano and practice. While we were out honing our craft, they were learning how to sing. And, uh, man, they were some of my favorite singers. They were my favorite singers, singing the Milky White Way. I wonder if you could still do that. <laughs> Maybe a few octaves lower. But they were awesome. And uh, yeah, Tim and, and Johnny and uh, Brother Tony Spell, they learned abilities that, Many people didn't know they had. We, we were at, uh, in Pine at yeah. Sister Pam, soon-to-be Dyke's wedding. So beautiful. Oh, and yeah. they had columns and latticework. It uh, looked like the Garden of Eden. They had doves all in cages. Yeah. And that was so beautiful, those white doves and People began to listen all through that wedding ceremony. They could hear doves all over the church. Hoo, 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 hoo. They didn't realize that was the spell trio behind the lattice work and the microphones cooing. <laughs> we do go way, way back. I don't know if I got you in trouble. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, I'll tell you, brother and sister Tony spell are some of the hardest workers that I know of that you ever want to find. God bless you. And I, I would like to take an opportunity to say publicly that I thank you and honor you and respect you for the living 
tribute of love and honor that you are paying to brother and sister Spell here. God bless you for that. It is right. You are excellent in my eyes. Amen. I'm so glad to see my, my family here, my wife and Juliana and Chase, and my mother, and all of my church family from Moss Bluff. What you say, let's have church here tonight. Let's stand on our feet, clap our hands one more time to the Lord, and thank you for letting us sit in heavenly places. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Cox, and Brother Looper, my friends, and so many others, Brother Brown, Brother, Brother Guy Looper, and uh, Brother Seymour. I hope you all will help me tonight. If you will read with me the book of First John, I will also be reading a passage from Proverbs. First John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Before you're seated, if you would, I would appreciate your help and let's reach out to the Lord and I hope he will touch us here tonight. Would you pray with me? Let's lift our hands and lift our voices to the Lord. God, we love you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you to know that it endures in every hour, every situation, every generation. God, you are here tonight, and I thank you, and I trust you, and I honor your word. And I pray you would anoint me to deliver your word. Set this place on fire in Jesus' name. Let all the church say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Over the past few years in our church, I have noticed that we have seemingly been inundated with new young people, children who seem so hurt, uh, aimless, and hungry, not only for truth, but just hungry for some attention and love and to feel accepted. Uh, I heard the great report of Sunday, over 700 children in this place uh, just three days ago. Thank God for that. If I could speak to that group of children, I, I would tell them what I told a young teenage boy in the psych ward this morning. That there is a heavenly Father who loves you, who cares for you, who will take time for you, and He has a plan for you. I think the world needs to hear that again, that God's got a purpose for you. You might have feel like you're an accident. You may not understand the circumstances that brought you about, but God knows the end from the beginning. And God know, makes no mistakes. And God has a plan for your life. If you just put, it in, put your life in His hand, God's going to work it all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People, they do not realize what it can even conceive what it is to have a stable family life. There's a boy sitting in here uh, tonight and watched his mother stab his father went out and mediated between the cops and the emergency personnel as just a young, not even a teenage boy. I'm going to tell you, even though you don't know what it's like to have a stable 
family life, this Word of God was written before you arrived. And it said, He puts the, so the solitary and sets them in families. I'm thankful for a God that put, can put broken pieces together again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever, whatever your station in life may be right now, can I tell you that God the Father has His love on display? He really does. He really does. Some are seeing displayed what God is not like and what they don't want to endure. But at the same time, there are those who demonstrate of what it really feels like to be loved by a father. Amen. I, I, I'm thankful. I, I told a preacher tonight, he had called and I said, my only uh, problem in preaching is I have no sad stories to tell. But I have a testimony that God has been so good to me. And that God is faithful. And that if you'd put your family in the hand of God, He can make a new creature out of any pedigree. Out of any last name. It, it was just two generations back that my grandfather was busy tormenting, screaming, punching, and abusing his son. But in the midst of that hellhole, God was molding the heart of a young boy, and he said, I won't, I refuse to raise my children like that. I'll not let them know that level of pain, and I'll make sure they hear often what it sounds like to hear, I love you and know that someone means that. I am here to give you 100% proof that, that a troubled childhood doesn't have to be the rest of your life. Amen. It doesn't have to dictate who you're, you're going to turn out to be. You're not doomed to repeat the failures of the past. But God is able to raise you up and make instead of a victim to make a testimony out of you Somebody knows what I'm telling you about. You ought to testify to it right now that God's your way maker. God, you did it. Not only did he do it, he's still going to do it. Praise God. Praise God. But I, I was born in the home of two loving parents, a mama and a daddy that said, we are going to live out our faith in front of our children. And we're going to raise our children and train them up to know the ways of the Lord. That's why I am here tonight preaching to you. It's because I had a testimony lived out in front of me. Amen. My... my Daddy, uh, I, I, uh, I, it's hard to put it all into words, what he means to me. But I was my daddy's man. And, and uh, my wife said tonight, boy, he'd like to be here. And, and uh, I know I would do a good job because he would, he, he would definitely tell me that. Son, you did wonderful. I've never preached a bad message, never messed up, uh, never made an error. In my daddy's eyes. But also he was a giant in my eyes. Whether it was in church with his big booming voice. Or in the woods. Or on a ball court. Or just in the living room. My daddy was my hero. And he made life so fun. And made you feel loved. And felt so safe around him. One of the landmarks in our home, uh, besides our dinner table, it was my daddy's chair. And when daddy came home and he was able to relax, you would find him in his chair. And this chair right here, it was one of his last chairs. And it is full of memories and emotions for me. But I, 
I, uh, I'm going to, if you will endure me just a little bit and allow me, that's going to be my preaching tool tonight. And I'm going to entitle this message to you, Things That I Learned From Daddy's Chair. Amen. Things That I Learned From Daddy's Chair. Now, a little known fact about me is that by age 10 years old, I held the major league record for home runs. And I accomplished that without striking out one time. That's right. I told you you didn't know that. Uh, But on Sunday afternoons, my daddy would stretch out and old Milo Hamilton would come across the radio for the Houston Astros, calling play-by-play. And I would get beside my daddy as he was relaxing, and, uh, and, and I had my red yardstick. And in my mind's eye, I could hear old Milo saying, he stares in and gets the sign, and he winds up, and, and he makes the pitch. And I would transform into Jose Cruz or Enos Cabell or Terry Poole or the Big Bopper. And man, I could send them over that fence. And so one particular afternoon, he wasn't exactly in his chair, but he was stretched out. And he wasn't in his Sunday suit, but he was in a suit on the phone. And his big toes were sticking up. And man, here came that pitch, and I hauled off, and you could hear the crack, but it was the crack of my daddy's big toe. And he screamed and threw that phone, and he was crow hopping. (laughs) I was over in the corner. I didn't hit a home run that day, but thank God. Uh, because of my dad's patience, I'm still alive here today. He did not kill me. And uh, much to my appreciation, I I learned a lesson that day that no matter how dumb a stunt I could ever pull, that my daddy would always love me. Now, if you would let me, I'm not going to try to equate my daddy to God. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I would like to draw an illustration to you and let you know that even if you don't have an earthly father, you've got a heavenly father that is full of love. And always got you on his mind. And you're never going to go too far or be too retarded that God wouldn't love you and say, I've got a place for you. You're my pride and joy. You believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my father was raised ducking axe handles and being punched as a child, but bad discipline did not make him eliminate discipline when it came to his children. And there were times when my mouth You may find this hard to believe, but my mouth would run just a little too much. Now, most of the time, that was my sister Robin provoking me, and it was her fault. But, uh, man, I could hear it. I can hear it right now. He'd be in in that chair, and we could be in another part of the house. And you know how you know where your parents' buttons are and all that? When we heard this, Man, that was trouble in River City when you could hear the lever of that chair. And then came this odd procedure, this this methodical, he'd have the newspaper and you could just hear it folding up piece by piece, section by section, and he would set it down, the glasses would come off, the right arm would click, left arm click, Set it on the table. I, I found that, and then he would begin this walk. Well, before he got out of his chair, when it thumped forward, you'd hear, Mr. Hare. And that was never a good sign. That was not a sign of respect. 
But uh, he began that slow walk. I found out later it was all that time in between he got out of the chair to where he really got back to the business room that spared my life. He was cooling down a little bit. But uh, in my mind, as a, as, a, as a boy, it was Chinese water torture. He would walk down the hall, follow me, son, go into the bedroom, and you'd hear him in the closet. Uh, whatever he was doing, playing any, meeny, miny, mo with the belts, I don't know. But he had a whole bunch of belts, and you could hear them ding a ding a ding a ding a ding he, Maybe he was trying one out. So, but, but it felt like 30 minutes that he was doing that, and then he would bend me over that bed and administer a dose of understanding to my hinder parts. He believed in discipline. And I'm thankful for that today. Not then, but now I am thankful for that. And could I, I tell you tonight that, that the Bible says that no chastening at the present seems joyous, but it's grievous. And just because it might feel like sometimes in your church that the pastor is dingling the belt and getting on you, or maybe there's a hard situation with your children in the church, it doesn't mean that it's time for you to pack up and go run away from home. Find a pastor that serves chocolate ice cream and, and wedding cake. But just it might be just a time for some good old-fashioned correction and understanding and instruction in righteousness. The Lord said, as many as I love, I chasten and rebuke. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. That's something that I learned from my daddy's chair. You can be seated. But I did learn more than just correction from that old leather chair. Whether my dad was reading the newspaper, studying Louis L'Amour, or the Bible, God is my witness. I could always, we could always climb up across that paper or that book and climb right up into my daddy's lap and he would set aside everything he had and open his arms up and he taught me a lesson that there will always be room for you in daddy's arms amen nothing can take that away from me for 40 years of my life you might find that hard to believe but we practiced that I climbed up in my daddy's lap and I am not a queer no. No. That's right. That's right. but he would tell us stories and we could tell him ours and I, I think of that how much God loves us when those people were trying to push away the kids and he said no 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 you suffer the little children to come to me for such are the kingdom of God. Brother and sister Spell, God bless you for making time and taking time and investing money and effort to bring little children to the kingdom of God. I'm thankful to know that this is Bible doctrine, that we have a Father who cares about us. We have a Father who's interested in us. We have a Father who wants us to come up just a little bit closer. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. I, I learned I learn mercy from my daddy's chair. All right. Now, many times when I had done wrong, now, and I see some of them here tonight, many of those older young people never wanted me to go with them on the trips. Oh, let me stay with you. No, no, you're going to tell. No, I won't tell. And we'd do something we shouldn't do, and uh, he'd get home, and he'd be in that chair. And I didn't want to go to bed because I still, I did then and I still believe that the Lord could come for me at any time. And I wanted to be ready. And I, I climbed up, I'd climb up in his lap and say, Daddy, I want to tell you something. I was watching TV with the young people. <laughs> And he'd say something like, son, 
I forgive you. Ain't gonna do that anymore. No, sir. No, sir. Who told? Who did it? But All right. anyhow, I am thankful that he mixed some mercy with his discipline. Never made me bitter about the church. Made me never want to be a hypocrite about the church. Can I just throw that? If you're hiding from your mama, your daddy, or your preacher, you're cheating yourself. They're the best friend you would ever have. Just because you're in trouble and messed up doesn't mean you know that need to go cover up. You need to come and confess and forsake it and find mercy in the Father's house. We serve a God who's rich in mercy. <laughs> when several years ago when my daddy became too weak to climb the stairs in the church to the platform the good men of our church they made a little place off to the side and they brought a they brought a table and brought some earbuds and they brought a stool and they brought a chair for him to sit there during the service and during that season of life I learned another lesson from my daddy's chair he I learned this that you can worship from a chair amen he lost his run he lost his leap but we are witnesses that my dad until he died never lost his shout never lost his desire to worship God He'd shake, he'd wave his arms, and he taught a lesson from his chair that there's always a right time to praise God. He didn't say you had to do it something. The only right way to worship is with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. It makes me remind every time I come to church, if I've got a good hand, I want to clap it. If I've got a good arm, I want to wave it. If I've got good feet, I want to worship with him because he's been so good to me. Woo! Oh, let's love the Lord right now. <laughs> oh, thank you, God, for your blessings. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. You can Hallelujah. But it was on November the twenty second, two thousand thirteen, that I kissed my father. The best man I've ever known in my life. I kissed him goodbye for the last time right. in my life. And uh, I, I never, to this point, I've, uh, I don't know, I don't know how you get over that. I don't know if I'm over that or what, but it just changed me from the inside. Yeah. I remember Brother Lyle was there, and Brother Looper and Brother Duplessis came. And uh, we cried and stayed for a long, long time. It seemed so strange. It just like time stood still for hours in, in my mind. Yeah. When it was time to leave. We left the hospital. And I went to the church. And I looked at my daddy's chair one more time. But this time there was nothing there but a single fresh red rose sitting and occupying his spot. All right. And it was then... That my daddy's chair taught me the hardest lesson that I've learned yet in this life. And that is that daddies don't fill their chairs forever. 
Brother Spell, I'd like you if you'd help me to come and I want you to lift the other side of this. And I'm so thankful. A few months back, my wife and I had a highlight by coming in the home of Brother and Sister Spell. We listened to her sing that French song. And it was like we were sitting there with living legends, able to talk with them. And Brother Spell, I want to say this while you're listening to me. What a living legend you are and a gift to Pentecost. And we are grateful and honor you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Who knows what the future holds? We don't know that. But we do know this. Should the Lord tarry one day, you will have an empty chair. Brother Spell, you will feel that loss and see that void. Brother Lyle, you feel an awfully big chair. The Looper brothers are sitting here tonight and lost a giant who once occupied the biggest chair in their life. But I want to tell you tonight that the chair has not stopped teaching. The chair, just by reason of existence, it demands and calls that somebody stand in the gap and fill the void that was left in that chair. Jude chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Everybody say common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And I'm grateful to stand tonight in front of my congregation in Bishop Spell's church with Brother Lyle coming right behind me and a Bible in my hand given to me from Brother Ray Majors standing beside the chair of my good father and declare that it's been almost two years since that chair has been empty, but I'm still able to stand and preach the same doctrine that was given to me. I'm still standing flat-footed and preaching here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I'm still preaching beside Him. There is no Savior. I'm still believing preaching that you must believe that Jesus is the Father or you will die in your sins. We're still proclaiming that you've got to repent or you're going to perish. Oh, that you've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit or you will be lost. Woo! If you're still finding out about doctrine tonight, about the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism, let me advise you, don't get a Mr. Bill Clinton mealy mouth that says, I'll baptize you either way, or I really believe in Jesus, and when I baptize you, that's what I mean. You find a one God preacher that believes the doctrine that says, Acts 22, 16, says, Arise and be baptized calling upon the name of the Lord and wash away your sin. You've got to be born again in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's a lesson that I learned from my daddy's chair, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to preach it. 
<laughs> oh, thank God. Let's have some Holy Ghost Church right now. If you've been in the church long enough, you ought to know about where I'm going next. And why shouldn't I? Matter of fact, I preach it from my daddy's chair. There's no such thing as holiness churches. It's only holiness preachers that produce holiness churches. And holiness without which no man will see the Lord. It still takes a Holy Ghost, blood-bought, separated church. If you believe it, you ought to shout amen. You got to come out from the world and be you separate. Come out from the beer parlors. Come out from the tattoo parlors. Come out of the world. Come out. Oh, you ain't hearing me over there. Let me tell you, you got to come out of the world and be born again. You, got, you can't be ashamed of him. Come out from the jewelry crowd. Come out from the jewelry crowd. Come out from the makeup crowd. Woo! I don't know. I haven't found a just scale yet about makeup. But some people say, well, it's not heavy makeup. It's, it's light makeup. I'm going to tell you, you're not, you're not adorned and beautified with makeup. You're beautified with salvation. Just get the makeup off your face, period. Lay aside every weight, every weight in the sin. Woo. We got to add something that, that the, net, the, the, the uh, former generation didn't have to add. You got to preach about makeup on the boys. Come out of the Bruce Jenner crowd. Come out of the Caitlin crowd. Come out of the mixed up world. God didn't, he's not the author of confusion. You're not having to wonder if you're a boy or a girl. Be proud who God made you. Be an apostolic Holy Ghost tongue talker. And rejoice. Woo. <laughs> Come on to the music, if you will. We Pentecostals ought to come they ought not have to come out. Some need to come out. But the rest of us need to stay out of the television crowd. Stay out of the movie house. Stay out of it off of your phone. Stay out of the internet cesspool and the gossip parlors and the pornography dens. Woo! Ah. We in Baton Rouge, aren't we? Aren't we? Come out of Tiger Stadium and Alex Box Stadium and fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Holy Ghost Church. Just be proud who you are. Be glad you're apostolic. Woo! Oh, yes. Praise God, praise God. Woo! Brother Lyle and Brother Cox and Brother Spell, I'm so happy tonight as I look around while I'm preaching. I'm not alone in my belief system. I'm not alone in my love for what was delivered to us. I see peers my age. I see young men that are loving this truth and promise you with from the bottom of our heart to the day we die, we're going to embrace Acts 2.38. We're going to embrace Hebrews 12.14. We're going to embrace the gospel that was delivered to the saints. You know what pumps me up for the spell? It's not only in our generation, but one day when our chair is empty, I'm looking at some young men that love this and are teenagers at 21 years old. Do you love this truth? There's not an expiration date on it. This truth endures through all generations. Lift up your hands and shout to God for the truth. Bless the Lord, He endureth forever. Bless the Lord, He endureth forever. Bless 
They're going to sing again in just a second. Everybody stay where you are. Amen. We need to respond to the word tonight. Brother Merritt preached last night, don't mess with my heritage. Brother Hare just stepped up here and preached the things that he learned from his father's chair. Amen. I want to thank God for my heritage tonight. I want to thank God for my heritage tonight. I want to thank God for my pastor tonight. I want to thank God for everything that I've learned tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Hare just brought us a message from the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to respond to the Word of God. You might be first generation tonight, but you got an opportunity to teach your children something. You got an opportunity to give them a heritage and teach them something. What kind of church is this? This is a Holy Ghost church. This is an apostolic church.
Yes, he's a rock in a weary land. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's all give the Lord a hand clap of praise together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a song right now. This is my story. Blessed is 